Hi, you're listening to the Stefan Levera podcast focused on Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today, we've got an episode about managing your Lightning node. But first, a word for the sponsors of the show. So firstly, check out Kraken, one of the world's biggest and longest standing Bitcoin exchanges. They've made a range of high quality hires and just recently... Kraken have acquired Circle Trade, one of the most recognized OTC desks. So this will provide new trading partners around the world, particularly in Asia, deeper liquidity and tighter spreads. So don't forget Kraken offer 24-7 support and they've got Kraken Pro mobile app delivering all the security and features you love about the Kraken exchange in a beautiful mobile first design. There's Kraken margin trading up to five times long and short. There is Kraken futures up to 50 times leverage to benefit from price swings or to hedge your price risk. Kraken is one of the most liquid exchanges, so you've got to set up with them. Go to kraken.com to sign up. This episode is also brought to you by Unchained Capital. Unchained is a Bitcoin and technology financial services company that empowers customers with unprecedented financial freedom and control. Their products and services are built on the foundation of multi-signature and Unchained offer a two of three keys vault, which is a great option for those thinking how best to secure their Bitcoin for the long term. And if you ever need to access liquidity without selling your Bitcoin, Unchained offer collateralized loans. So you can put up Bitcoin. All that Bitcoin is stored on-chain in dedicated multi-sig addresses. It's never rehypothecated. You can share in the security of those keys and get USD liquidity. I'm really impressed with Unchained. They offer excellent services. They've released valuable content. They've got open source tools such as Hermit and Caravan. Check out my recent interviews with Parker and with Drew from the team. I think you'll enjoy partnering with them. Go and sign up at unchained-capital.com. Have you backed up your Bitcoin seed? Look into Cypher Wheel by the company Cypher Safe. So your Bitcoin BIP39 seed, when you set up your Trezor or Ledger or cold card, you want to make sure you've got it in a way that's fireproof, waterproof, rustproof, petproof, and tamper evident. So the Cypher wheel, it comes in a wheel shape. It masks the words of your seed and you actually have to open a tamper evidence seal. So make sure you've got your seed backed up. Make sure you or your loved ones have access to your Bitcoins if an accident occurs. So this product, it's available for pre-order. Go to the website, cyphersafe.io. The link is in the show notes. Last but not least, GiveBitcoin.io. I'm really excited about this company. It's the easiest and safest way to get your friends and family into Bitcoin. I'm sure you've seen it before. You've given Bitcoin to people and they lost it. They didn't know what they were receiving. They didn't get the education around why Bitcoin is valuable. GiveBitcoin is really cool because you can lock up that Bitcoin gift for, say, one to five years. Every month for the first year, GiveBitcoin is delivering a lesson from a world-class curriculum with input from many well-known Bitcoiners. I'm also an advisor with a small equity stake assisting with the curriculum. Just to clarify, it's not on-chain time locking. It is locked up with Prime Trust, a qualified custodian. Don't forget, you can also get Bitcoin as a present, so you can put it on your wish list so other people can give you Bitcoin at givebitcoin.io. There's a lot of exciting things coming with Give Bitcoin. Look out for them. I'll be having an interview with Corey on in the new year. So are you running a Lightning node, whether that is an LND one or a C Lightning node? This is the episode for you. So Suheb is the co-founder of RTL, Ride the Lightning, a popular Lightning dashboard. So I wanted to get Suheb on and talk about the app and how he made it and who it's made for and just talk about some of his tips on how you can use the app to manage your Lightning node. So here is the interview. Suheb, welcome to the show. Hey, Stefan. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So Suheb, I know you have been doing a lot of cool work on RTL and look, I think we'd love to just hear some of your story on how you got into all this. Sure, great. Thanks for the opportunity to tell my story. So if you look at RTL as an app, right, in reality, it's actually, a, you know, in its mission, it's actually pretty simple, right? Uh, just creating a UI layer on top of existing Lightning implementations. Uh, so in the essence, uh, really a simple job right but uh, if you look at the implementation uh, it turns out to be really complex because uh, we are trying to uh, create a power user uh, experience or give a power, power user experience try to uh, expose as much as we can in terms of the functionality uh, of lightning implementations on the ui right so give a create a user experience ui focused uh, so that kind of makes it a little bit 
complicated in terms of all the functions that we have to handle you know uh, try to think about what type of user experience to provide on specific functionality uh, so that makes it kind of complicated so simple in mission complicated in implementation yeah and also you participated in the lightning torch as well tell us about some of your early days experiences with lightning network sure yeah that was really an exciting uh, you know experiment and definitely i'm i'm actually number 50 or 51 on the lightning torch so definitely that was exciting right uh, uh, so yeah and i actually used rtl <laughs> when i was uh-huh. uh, you know participating in the lightning torch uh, so yeah definitely it proves first of all that lightning works right and being part of that uh, you know carrying that torch and experiment and being part of the chain was really an exciting you know experience and community building kind of you know lightning community building experience so that was a great experience to be to be have yeah and and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about why you started RTL and when it started. Yeah, sure. So um, we've been developing RTL for more than a year now. Um, so it started uh, with uh, my first experiment with Lightning, kind of. So you know, I set up my full node just after LND went on mainnet. Um, so LND went on mainnet in I think March of 2018. And on April of 2018, I had my full node up and running on Raspberry Pi. Um, I actually used uh, Staticus's, uh, you know, uh, guide. Uh, Raspberry Bolt, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so <laughs> I used his his guide uh, to set up my node. Uh, so I had some experience of working on Raspberry Pis and some Linux experience as well. Um, so it was pretty easy for me to follow that guide and set set up the node. But once I set up the node, uh, that's when I realized that, okay, you know, okay, I have this node up and running. Now I have to open channels. I, once I've opened channels, I need to see, okay, how are my channels doing? Are my channels balanced? Am I routing anything? You know, at any point in time, when I need to log in and view the status of my node, there are at least 10, 10 at least 10, if not 10, five written commands that I have to run to really get a good view of, you know, where my node is, right? What are the peers? What are the channels? There's so many things that you have to, uh, you can do, and LND, you know, uh, has actually done a very good job in terms of the different API uh, functionality that they have provided, different commands that they have provided. So you, you know, kind of gives a lot of detailed view. So, so it became pretty apparent to me, uh, you know, when I started operating the node that I need some sort of a dashboard, right? Uh, you know, the moment I log in, there are ten parameters that I need to see, and I need a good view of that, right? So. That kind of became, uh, you know, kind of a motivation to build this UI. And at that time, there was no good UI available. Uh, and we wanted the UI to have, uh, you know, an opinion about the type of uh, user uh, it should be focused on, right? So uh, my view was that it should be a power user-focused tool uh, for uh, especially uh, focused on Lightning Node operators uh, and what all they need to see. Right, so with that uh, kind of uh, user persona in mind, we started building uh, this tool called Ride the Lightning. Um, so yeah, that, and we've been on this journey for more than a year now. We had our first release uh, in October of 2018, uh, and and it's been 40 plus releases, 40 releases. Uh, there are a couple of other things that we have done uh, on the side. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the way we started. And what's in a name? Why the name Ride the Lightning? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not a Metallica fan to begin with. <laughs> but uh, uh, interestingly, when I was, uh, so before I actually started building this app, I was uh, like reasonably active on uh, Bitcoin Twitter. And there is uh, one interesting uh, Twitter account called, uh, goes by the handle uh, Medium Squeeze. Uh, and his and that uh, Andal's name is Ride the Lightning. So I was very fascinated by you know that Twitter handle, uh, and he's he's kind of a you can call him a maximalist I think in his views, right? So I like his views, I like his tweets, uh, and I like the you know Ride the Lightning at Medium Squeeze. I liked it a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> that was one good uh, you know that kind of was always there in the back of my mind, right? That account, I I liked that account and. Uh, when we were like, thinking about, you know, naming the app, uh, it was, uh, you know, kind of giving you a control over Lightning, right? It is giving you how to manage your Lightning node. So uh, we thought that, uh, you know, Ride the Lightning is a good kind of a, a name for this app, which is allowing you to control the power of Lightning, give, empowering you. So, you know, you are able to ride 
the Lightning Network with <laughs> with RTL. So that's how you know ride the Lightning. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope Metallica fans are not upset with me by using this, you know, for using this name. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's great. That's awesome. And I mean, for me personally, I use RTL. I have, off the top of my head, I have at least three different instances of RTL running, right? I've got it on my MyNode. I've got it on my Noddle. I have it on my BTC Pay. It's used in many different software, let's call it packages or hardware packages, because it's just such an easy tool to manage your lightning channels yeah. so i think we can we can maybe dive into more more detail there's one interesting sorry i just there's one interesting thing i wanted to actually tell you about ride the lightning name i was actually researching that a little bit so ride the lightning even the metallica uh, didn't come up with this name originally this name or the phrase was actually borrowed from a stephen king novel so it's an interesting ah, uh, trivia <laughs> there you go okay well <laughs> Okay. Uh, when when you're when you're playing at a conference or something, you've got to have like obviously ride the lightning as your intro song and everything. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. So look, let's jump into some of the high level. What's it look like when you go into the tool? Typically, users who have let's say BTC Pay server or one of these other products, like say a Noddle, or I think even the new. Um, even the new Casa node will have BTC Pay server and therefore that will also have RTL. So I think it's a very common package. So basically my experience is, you know, you have the password, you log in and then it presents you with the home dashboard. What are we seeing on this screen? Yeah, so if you look at the dashboard originally, there are uh, there is uh, your lightning balance, uh, your on-chain balance. Lightning balance is essentially the amount of uh, funds that you have logged into your channels and it actually give, is giving you your incoming side of it you know the liquidity on your side so uh, that is one view uh, and then second is if you have any on-chain balance uh, you get one view of that uh, you get a view of how many channels are active uh, inactive or in pending status um, you get a view of if the uh, node is routing uh, you know forward forwarding transactions then um, LND gives a different uh, has a beautiful API which gives you a view of daily fees collected, weekly fees collected, monthly fees collected. So you know just giving you a view of that if the node is active and forwarding transactions. So how much fees you have been collecting. Uh, it also gives you a view of your channel balance comparison. You know local vis-a-vis -vis remote, uh, so that you can actually see uh, how balanced your channels are. And this is specifically very important for. Uh, routing node operators because ideally uh, they want to be routing in both sides right they want to be routing both for incoming transactions outgoing transactions so they need the channels to be balanced right uh, so that's an important parameter that you have on the top and then a network view uh, you know which is giving you a decentralized view of how you're depending on the graph that your node has what is a network view of that uh, nodes graph uh, and this is one api again uh, which lnd has uh, so you get a view of that kind of give you a you know a bird's eye view of how your node is doing and how is the network uh, specifically you know a power user would want to know all this information yeah that's awesome and i think for me i've used rtl quite a lot just to get a quick view on what am i what is my current state of my channels and even if you need to fund your lnd node then it has its own little on-chain wallet, which is distinct from, say, like a Bitcoin wallet, like standard one, because LND has its own little on-chain wallet, and this is that AEZ one, right? Like yeah. the special seed. Yeah. And so then you can fund it that way, and then you can open the channel from your RTL node, or the other way is if you open channels from some other node in the direction of your own you know, node so that you have the uh, like incoming capacity, obviously. Right. So, uh, so I guess the main things that we're interested in as a Lightning Node operator, and look, if you're if you're listening to this today, you're probably a bit more of a power user, right? Because there are, well, let's see, on my RTL, there are my node sees six thousand and seventy eight other nodes out there. So that's roughly how many there are today. Yep. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you can what you would use that for so let's say you see the balance and you see the channels what are some good tips there that you would um use like what would you manage with it 
Yeah, so uh, typically, right, uh, if you're a routing node operator, uh, you're, I mean, again, so there are different personas, right? So um, depending on what persona you have. So, uh, and uh, we kind of went back. Now uh, we'll actually get, maybe we'll get into the RTL or what's coming in RTL, you know, from an improvement perspective. And so then I can talk more about the direction that we are taking. But uh, given the current persona, right, which is the routing node operator persona, uh, typically what you would do is, uh, one is discovery, uh, you know, who do I need to connect with once you've started the node, right? Uh, so again, that is that functionality of discovery itself is not built into uh, RTL because it's not there in LND per se. Although LND has an autopilot feature which allows you to, uh, you know, discover and connect with the nodes automatically. Uh, but uh, what you can do is you can also go out on your own and figure out, okay, you know, there are certain lightning stores uh, which are opening up or coming up with, uh, you know, are going to provide option for uh, accepting lightning payments. So let me open a channel to them. So one is, you know, you find out, okay, these are good nodes to connect to on the network. You get their uh, node public key information, you connect your node to them. So RTL kind of has this peer view. You can go to the peer view, put in the peer ID, uh, the, the public key, connect to them. So the moment you connect with those uh, nodes, RTL, you, you have a control on RTL, which will allow you to open the channel with that peer so that it is, you don't have to again, go to the second page and, you know, discover where that peer went. So you can click on that control on the grid and same peer information is populated in the next page and you can fund whatever amount you want to provide on the channel and open the channel with that peer. So that is one thing, you know, connecting with the peers, opening a channel to them. Second thing, once you have your channels open, uh, you can influence uh, the fees that you want to collect uh, when you're forwarding the payments, right? So, uh, and there are multiple uh, factors that you can influence when you are adjusting the fees. Uh, you can adjust the base amount and you can adjust the percentage that you want to collect for the transaction amount. Uh, so there is an edit button on the channel uh, management page. Mm, you can adjust the fees per channel uh, you know, depending on whatever whatever you think is is a good uh, you know amount to charge for routing the fee, uh, and you can also apply the same policy for all your channels at once. So you you know you need not manage per channel uh, tweaking. You can you know make sure that all of your channels are you know are kind of following the same policy also. So these are some of the controls available uh, to connect with the peers and manage uh, fee policies. So that you connect collect optimal fee on the you know, routing that you are uh, or the routing traffic that is going through your node. <clears throat> That's great. So as an example, you might know about a submarine swap service, or you might know about a popular store, let's say the Blockstream store, and you might think, okay, people will want to pay in the direction of that store. And so it's advantageous for me, the Lightning Node operator, to open a channel in the direction of that store or that service. And then theoretically, that means people will want to route money through you. And so then as part of that, you will amend the fee on your channels to try to account for your cost as well, because obviously you're paying a chain fee, there is some risk associated, etc. Yeah. And so then rather than leaving your channel fees as the default at whatever it is, like one milli MSAT per you know, million or whatever, whatever that number is, you can adjust that. Yeah. And then hopefully over time that those numbers start to reflect real liquidity and real costs uh, as the network grows up, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. So uh, typically if, a, uh, you know, a big uh, operator is, or, you know, an e-commerce player is going to open up, uh, you know, abilities to accept lightning payment, um, they would want liquidity providers to connect uh, with them, right? But what they would uh, encourage is, uh, you know, people opening big channels, fat channels, right, uh, to them so that they don't have to manage a lot of channels because each channel management also adds overhead, right? Um, now, so what you, if you're a professional routing node operator, you can open, you know, commit big uh, funds or chunks to your, uh, to those um, e-commerce uh, operators. Then what you can do is uh, you can say that, okay, I've got channels with uh, these e-commerce operators. Now you can open small channels to my node, right? I will, uh, so that you can route the payments through me. Uh, so for instance, if Amazon starts accepting Lightning, let's say, right? Uh, it will not allow you to open small amount of channels uh, to them, right? I, I, I would not, 
like I would guess that they would not allow this. Uh, so it will allow people to open big channels only. Now, so if you're a professional operator, you can open big channels and then people can open small amount of channels, small uh, quantity channels rather uh, with you. So then you become the, the routing hub through which, you know, the traffic can flow. Uh, so and that's that's kind of so yeah that is that is the whole play that you know just opening channels on the one side is not going to help uh, you need people coming into you which you can forward the payments to the e-commerce uh, operator great and also hopefully recently okay so recently bitfinex came out with lightning as well so that's another example of a person who you might want to open a channel in that direction and then other people same way would want to open a channel with you and then they can transact with Bitfinex. Yeah, so Bitfinex, for instance, for instance, uh, had a capacity of uh, or a minimum amount of four million sats, right? Um, or YALS, for instance, says that you know open a channel minimum five million sats. Don't open less than that. Uh, now, if now it you know if you're an operator, uh, routing node operator, you can open, uh, but then you you can keep your incoming capacity as as or limit as less so that you know people can open small amount small quantity channels with you then you become that, that uh, hub for routing. Uh, and let's talk about fees then. So can you tell us a little bit about the fee reports? Yeah, so at this time, uh, fee reporting is pretty basic uh, in RTL. So there are two ways to see the fee reporting. One is uh, on the dashboard itself, you see there's a simple API available from LND, which gives you a fee of a breakup of daily, monthly, weekly a fee that is getting collected. Um, there is another view uh, called forwarding history in RTL, uh, where you can actually see your individual transactions, right? Whatever is going through your node, and for each transaction, what is the fee that you are collecting? So that is another view that you get. Uh, there is a third view called routing peers. Routing peers actually is not giving you a fee view, but it is actually giving you a, a summarized view uh, or a more of a um, you know uh, analytical insight into uh, what is the traffic for incoming nodes and what is the traffic to outgoing nodes? So you can actually clearly see, uh, you know, where is the traffic coming from and where am I routing it to? Uh, so which are my active uh, uh, kind of network partners? Mm, and you can actually optimize your fee policy for those partners. And the, the partners which are not active, you can make uh, the, the fee, you know, expensive maybe for them because they are using your liquidity you know, lesser. Uh, so there are multiple ways to play with it. Uh, but uh, uh, we are actually thinking of uh, giving even more insightful, uh, you know, interfaces for uh, fee, specifically uh, giving you a more fine-grained view of, or a, you know, a timely trend of, you know, how your daily, monthly fee collection is actually changing over a period of time, so that you get more insights into how you're collecting the fees. The routing peers view also shows the events. So it's showing yes. events and then the amount and then obviously the alias of that person. So for example, if you're connected with the Zap node or the Breeze node or the Open node, uh, node, and then it shows you, say, for example, one event and you know 500,000 sats and yes. it's showing, okay, okay, that's how much got routed through to that person. And then you can start playing off that and saying, okay, well... There have been, uh, you know, a lot of people want to route in this direction. Okay, exactly. maybe it's a highly demanded route. Maybe I can start charging or whatever. Then it sort of starts, um, I guess that's where it starts to kick off in terms of Lightning Network. I mean, right now it's still early days, uh, but it, it's... Uh, yeah. You can open more channels, for instance, right? You can see that, you know, your capacity is getting depleted uh, or there's enough traffic for me to like, you know, sustain multiple channels for this node. So you can do that also. Right. Yeah. You can interpret that information and make it more useful. And I think that is actually a point of difference between LND and C Lightning right now, because my understanding is with LND you can do multiple channels with the same party, but I understand with C Lightning you can only do one. Is that that's, correct? That's right. Yeah. Right. With C Lightning you can open only one channel. Right. So I guess if you're a C Lightning user, you might need to close down the channel and reopen a fat one if you yeah. wanted to resize it. Yes, that's right. That's one option. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about channel backups now. So I see there's a channel backup window, and this is for the LND SCB, known as static channel backups. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So uh, static channel backup uh, is actually a functionality which LND provided for making backups of your channels uh, so that in case uh, your node gets corrupted and does not uh, boot up, 
there is a way for you to recover the funds uh, which have been which have been locked in the channels, right? Uh, and uh, uh, so you know when you start up your node, uh, LND actually creates a default backup file also in its directory. Uh, so, but given that they have provided a set of APIs, we also uh, provided a, uh, an interface where you can actually do a channel level backup if you want, or you can do an all channel backup. Uh, also, whenever uh, you perform any channel activity, right? So, for instance, if you open new channels or if you close down existing channels, RTL automatically takes up a backup also, right? Uh, so RTL is kind of automating uh, that all channel backup uh, is always fresh whenever you are changing your channel states, right? Um, now you can also specify the the path where your uh, backup file will be stored uh, in the RTL.conf file. Uh, so in the configuration file, you can store where you want to. Uh, you can configure where you want to store your backup file. Uh, so yeah, so backup. So RTL will continue to take the backups wherever you are, you are configured. Uh, the important thing is that you should uh, create redundancy of the backup file. You know, store that backup file somewhere else, where away from the node also, uh, which RTL, there's no way at this point in RTL to manage. Uh, but uh, at least make sure that you have a redundant copy of that file so that in case you have to recover, uh, you have that backup file that you can use to recover uh, the balance, uh, the balances which were logged in your channel channels. Right, yeah. I for me, I periodically just pull a copy off of the device itself and keep it on another device, right? So, for example, my MyNode one or my my Noddle one, I keep mm -hmm. those uh, elsewhere just in case. Obviously, something were to happen to it, then I've still got at least the static channel backup for them. Yeah. And I understand there was also some people who unfortunately got caught out because they they took a static channel backup while the channel was unconfirmed, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. I understand it's best to do it once the channel has confirmed yeah. as in so i guess let me just walk that through just for listeners who are not as familiar so when you open the channel with somebody it's still pending open until that on-chain transaction has confirmed on the bitcoin blockchain right so every bitcoin lightning channel open and close is itself a valid bitcoin transaction and you need to wait for that to confirm and then do the channel backup yeah so with um Let's talk a little bit around channel management now. So I think we, we were touching on some of this before, but I think part of the maybe what's a little bit harder right now is rebalancing your channels. So we have both what is known as a local balance and a remote balance. So again, just to make sure listeners can follow along, think of it like you've got an abacus and you have a certain number of beads on either side of that abacus. And I, I think generally speaking, most of the more professional routing node operators are trying to keep it roughly 50-50, not exactly, but just something in that range. If it becomes too unbalanced, let's say you've got 90% of the beads on your side and only 10% on the other side, then that's not really great from a routing perspective. Now, there are, I guess, different approaches in terms of rebalancing. There is what's known as circular rebalancing and there are certain scripts and so on. And then there's like the loop type services can you just outline some of your thoughts on that yeah so uh, you know uh, so first of all why do we need to uh, balance right i think we should touch upon that uh, so if your channels are uh, you know lopsided or in one direction there's only um, uh, the payments that can only come in that direction where you have the liquidity right it cannot go in the other direction right um, so that is kind of a fundamental uh, you know um, Payment philosophy or payment, you know, algorithm basically encoded in Lightning. Now uh, we need to, uh, especially the routing node operators, uh, ideally want to route in both the directions. You know, uh, that's why it is important for them to balance. They don't want to lose because in each transaction that they're routing, they're making a little bit of fees uh, or a revenue. Uh, so they want to maximize uh, traffic. Right? It does not matter which direction the traffic is in. Mm, what is important is that traffic is flowing. Right, so that is why it is important to have a balanced channel strategy, so that you are always optimizing for maximum volume of traffic. Right, so so that is the reason why we want to do it. Uh, yeah, there are multiple ways to do it. Uh, one is uh, self routing, where you can actually give routing hints uh, and uh, route the transaction in such a way that payment comes back to you in the other direction uh, by giving routing hints. Right, um, that's one way to do it. 
uh, but RTL in RTL at this point we are actually uh, we don't have any channel balancing uh, you know strategy right now. Um, we are actually looking to add loop in and loop out as uh, uh, the solutions uh, for channel balancing. Um, we have we are not really looking to uh, add any scripts per se which do a self routing because one is uh, not all of those scripts are uh, you know they don't always 100% balance the channels right so uh, it's very difficult to explain to the users how uh, you know why the channels were not balanced even if you know even if we have executed the script so that's why we have decided to steer clear at this point you know mm, unless we have some stable well tested uh, scripts out there uh, which can be included uh, via javascript that's that was another challenge mm, uh, we have decided not to include those independent uh, routing scripts uh, for self balancing loop in loop out are good uh, you know lnd supported tools um, which can be used for channel balancing uh, and then depending on which side you want your liquidity both the solutions are available uh, for the users to uh, you know make use of and balance their channels Yep. So I'll just point out here for listeners who want more detail, check out my recent episode with Alex Bosworth from Lightning Labs. We talk a bit, little bit about Loop. Uh, but Suherb, from your point of view, can you just talk through what are some of the use case, the typical uses there for a Loop in or for a Loop out? Sure, definitely. So, uh, so Loop out. Let's let me start. Let me start with Loop out, right? Uh, so Loop out is basically, you know, uh, let's say you're a merchant, right, and uh, you are receiving a lot of volume of transactions, right? So which means that the channels um, might get lopsided on your direction. You'll get all your liquidity on your side. Uh, now, the, it's a while. Well, it's a good thing that you're getting so much traffic that you know all your balance has moved to the other side. But uh, the problem that, that that it creates is you cannot accept any more uh, transactions until you have the balance moved to the other side, right? So how do we solve that problem? Uh, so loopout is uh, is one solution to that. Where uh, what you can do is you can. So there will be two legs uh, to con to uh, complete a loopout transaction. You will uh, make a lightning payment, uh, which will shift the balance from the, your incoming side to your outgoing side. And in lieu of that uh, uh, payment that you did, you will get an on equivalent on-chain uh, balance, right? So uh, whatever uh, amount that you paid, there'll be a little bit of, uh, you know, service uh, fees detected or swap fee deducted, and you'll get the equivalent amount in, on your on-chain balance. So you'll have your uh, challenge balanced and you'll get an equivalent on-chain balance. So you'll be able to kind of like uh, withdraw the funds to your on-chain wallet and get your channels balanced. So two, two, again, to explain that, there are two steps. One is you pay a Lightning invoice and you get uh, uh, on-chain uh, output to your wallet. Awesome. And now the other way around, loop in? Yeah, so loop in is basically, uh, you know, you want to get uh, the balance on your side so that you can make the payment, right? Uh, but so what, without having to close the channel and open a new channel, right? So what you would need to do is you'll make a um, on-chain payment and in lieu, you will get uh, an invoice paid so that you get the balance on whatever on-chain payment you made minus the service fee and you get the invoice paid so that you get the balance on your side. So both loop-in and loop-out have, have two legs. Uh, uh, have two legs. Uh, one is um, the on-chain leg and another is the off-chain leg. Uh, and so yeah, that's that's in loop in looping. They're making a uh, on-chain payment and getting a, a lightning payment back. And so let's talk a little bit about the fees associated for that. So typically there are different services. I know Alex Bosworth has SubmarineSwaps.org, uh, and you know Lightning Labs will do that as a service as well. How do you think about using that in terms of the comparison of doing that versus closing down a channel and opening a new one? Yeah, so uh, in terms of the cost, uh, I think it is uh, definitely much more efficient to uh, do a loop transaction where you are paying a little bit of, uh, you know, swap fee. Uh, but opening and close, closing and opening uh, new channels will definitely be expensive than executing a loop transaction. Uh, so typically in the loop transaction, you have an on-chain fee component and you have a routing fee component. Uh, and, and overall, if you look at uh, uh, the total cost, uh, you know, compared to opening and closing a channel, you know, doing a loop transaction is, is you know, magnitude, uh, order of magnitude more uh, or, you know, less expensive. That's great. Uh, and in terms of other 
liquidity provider. So I know on the network, there is LNBIG, for example, and you can go to that LNBIG website and you can actually request an incoming channel or you can, another one is uh, BitRefill's Thor channels where they do that as a service. So how do you think about using those? Is that something the routing node operator might think about or perhaps this is more relevant for a merchant? Yeah, it's more of a, uh, that's right, what you rightly pointed out, that that's a tool for merchants, right? If you're setting up uh, your shop to accept liking payments, how do you get inbound liquidity? That's your first problem, right? Uh, I need liquidity to uh, be able to accept payments or to be able to receive payments rather. So these players solve that problem. And I, I, I foresee a lot of players, uh, you know, as Lightning gain, gains more prominence, Bitcoin overall gains more prominence, more adoption. I see more and more players kind of getting into that space of uh, providing liquidity for you know merchants. Mm. Loop in, loop out, uh, or rather loop out provides a non-custodial way uh, to gain the same type of capacity. Uh, but uh, the professional node operators uh, uh, like Bitrefill, for instance, uh, offer more reliability, you know, uh, in the channels uh, by providing services like Thor. So. And that's actually, a, a, I, I believe that's a segment which will develop as Bitcoin and Lightning adoption increases overall. So I think there is, it means sense to have this type of service in the, in the market. So I think then there are two main profiles that you're building for and that are mostly relevant for people using Lightning today. And that's basically node operators. And then secondly, it's merchants. And so typically for those merchants, I guess it'd be good to just talk through from, from their point of view. They may not necessarily be very Bitcoin and Lightning savvy. They may be more like somebody who just wants to set up and take Lightning payments, uh, but maybe they want to self-manage, right? So maybe they buy a noddle or they, you know, they pay and get a VPS hosted BTC pay server exactly. and they're taking payments with that. And I guess typically speaking, the typical things they want to know is how much balance have they got? Uh, can they receive a payment? Have they got the liquidity for that? Uh, and then can they withdraw the money to a safer place? You know, take it on chain or even to fiat if they if they can. And typically, they they might not want to close the channels to get the money out. And I guess we've touched on some of those. But would you say that's basically a a good summary of the typical merchant pathways or things that they want to achieve? Yes. So you know. Once we initially started out with having only a routing node op uh, operator persona in mind, but uh, with the BTCPA server integration, you know, the another persona which became uh, relevant for us was merchant node operator. Um, I don't know whether actually calling a merchant node operator really is, is the right term, but, you know, uh, merchants operating lightning nodes rather to accept lightning payments. Uh, now, um, their needs are different, right? So merchants are typically we would you would not expect merchants to be you know very lightning or bitcoin savvy um so what information we need to provide for that persona so that uh, you know when they log into rtl they don't see things like you know routing fee or you know channel balance channel right <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> right so these kind of things or even a network graph right they are not interested to look at network graph right what does that mean to them so so basically we have to create a different type of view at least a dashboard should have a different view of information for them right which is relevant for them and when i was kind of researching this uh, persona a little bit and you know, uh, shout out to Pavlonex for giving us a lot of input on that from BTCPA server. So, and, you know, BTCPA server folks kind of deal with uh, merchant node operators, you know, day in, day out. So they have the best insights of what kind of um, typical information they would want to see. And it kind of breaks down into very simple things. One is uh, how much uh, they can receive, you know, and how much they can send out. Uh, what is their lightning balance? What is their uh, on-chain balance, right? How can they generate invoice? How can they make payments? It's as simple as that. So we have taken those elements and uh, in our new RTL design, which we are currently working on, uh, we are going to create uh, that merchant uh, focused persona uh, and the dashboard will have a different view than what you have currently in RTL. Uh, and it will give them a view of, you know, what are their incoming channels? What are their outgoing channels, right? Keep them separate. Uh, give them a separate view. Don't mix them so that, you know, it becomes confusing for them and make it very clear to them how much they can receive, what can be the maximum amount they can receive, how much they can send out, what is the maximum amount they can send out. And then once we have created those views, 
uh, we can add additional features like loop out, right? If they are lacking liquidity in certain channels, uh, you know, we can give them controls like loop out so they can do channel specific operations. Uh, so, you know, that gives a very, uh, you know, much and focused uh, dashboard and control, um, which makes it uh, specifically easier for them to, you know, do their operations from Lightning. Yeah, it still can be a little tricky in these early days because th sometimes there might be a merchant who just starts up and maybe if they're more well-known on Bitcoin Twitter, there'll be all these people yelling at them saying, yeah, take Lightning, take Lightning. And it's sort of like, well... It's it's not that simple yet. Like, yeah, it's easy for you to, like, if you're an individual to send Lightning, yeah, well, that's easy. But, like, when you're a merchant and you've got to set up to take the channels, it's it's not a simple task. It takes a bit of work and there's a lot of management involved with that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. There's a lot of education involved and it becomes a, a challenge uh, for, for onboarding perspective, right? You know, I open up a dashboard, all this information, I, I don't know, you know, uh, what, does all, what does all mean? Who do I go and talk to? And especially in a, a decentralized application, you know, there's no owner, there's no marketing department, there's no education department, right? Everybody is in charge of their own knowledge and understanding and you know, operation. It becomes overwhelming, right? is you know how to put it mildly um, but um, um, uh, basically yeah so that is the objective that is the problem rather and the objective is to kind of give them as simple a tool as possible uh, make it as uh, intuitive as possible um, so that they can you know have their own control uh, and learn it easily uh, and that, that's another thing that we actually got as a feedback that you know people expect tools like rtl to be also educative right and not just uh, operative uh, you know when i'm clicking on uh, certain things I, I want to understand what this these actions mean you know what does channel balance mean so um, so that's what we are trying to kind of uh, those uh, those that type of feedback we are trying to build into the new ux design uh, so that it becomes uh, descriptive educative as well and not just stay as a technical tool yeah and RTL, as we've mentioned through this conversation, has been packaged in with a lot of different software and hardware. Uh, what, what has been your view and experience with having RTL packaged in? Yeah, uh, that was a great experience, first of all, right? Um, so when we started out uh, the collaboration, uh, we initially started out with Raspberry Blitz. That was the first collaboration. Um, and uh, and uh, most of these projects are also kind of was was starting at the same time as we were starting, so that was actually a good thing for us as well, right? They were also kind of hunting for UI solutions because when you are packaging a plug-and-play node, uh, you know, you can give them all the hardware and everything together, but if they, you don't have a good UI solution, uh, it kind of is kind of half-baked only, right? Um, it becomes very difficult to educate the user about okay, you've got your node ready, now go to this L&D side and there are 20 APIs, learn them first. <laughs> right, so that becomes uh, very difficult, uh, you know, from a user onboarding perspective. So if you have a good UI solution, uh, which is even even if it is basic, but it gives you an interface to start operating, that's a good, uh, you know, leg up for any node operator. Uh, so, or rather, uh, you know, a node solution provider. So Raspberry Blitz was the first. Um, so, and, and interesting thing is each uh, node solution provider we uh, collaborated with, there were requirements, there were insights, there were requests which came, which helped us make RTL a better solution, right? So when we started operated or rather, uh, you know, worked with uh, Raspberry Blitz, uh, you know, Rootsall came up with the requirement that you should provide an authentication mechanism. So we added the authentication mechanism. Uh, when we uh, started working with Noddle, you know, Ketomine Resolve is full of ideas, right? He is uh, really talented and full of ideas. So he um, he said that okay, why don't you have a solution to handle uh, multiple nodes through one uh, one UI? So we added that functionality. Uh, with BTC Pay Server, we had to Dockerize the solution, right? So you know whatever in, whatever integration, whatever collaboration we we did, uh, we ended up handling their requirements, making uh, the RTL solution all the more richer. And of course, it's been a learning experience working through all these uh, talented people in the space. Uh, it was really rewarding and enriching experience also. That's great. And on the topic of collaboration, we have a, there's a GitHub for RTL. There is a Telegram chat. Uh, there's obviously the Twitter presence. What's been your experience there? What are the main ways that RTL contributors collaborate? 
Yeah, uh, so uh, typically we get a lot of uh, requests uh, on Twitter also. You know, initially, initially when we didn't set up the Telegram chat, we were, uh, I was getting a lot of DMs, you know, people struggling with uh, setups, etc. So I was kind of troubleshooting over Twitter's uh, DMs. Uh, or, or rather, and then uh, GitHub uh, issues also. Uh, so a lot of uh, uh, feedback came in, a lot of new requests came in uh, via GitHub also. Uh, which we were uh, consistently handling, you know, developing, improving RTL over a period of time. Uh, on Twitter, actually, we got a lot of boost from Pierre. Pierre is actually a good friend who helped us, uh, you know, spread the word. Uh, and, and that was really helpful uh, for uh, us to get the distribution, you know. Uh, you know, we are really, <laughs> we don't have a big presence. We have a small presence on Twitter, but uh, Pierre kind of helped us give an initial boost so that we reached out to a larger audience to, you know, at least let them know about the solution. And uh, the, the intention was also um, to contribute, uh, you know, make do our part uh, in helping uh, Bitcoin and Lightning's adoption improve. Uh, so whatever we could do, whatever skill sets we can we bring to the table, can we put that to a use and, you know, provide a solution which people can use. And my initial thought was that if we uh, develop a tool like RTL, uh, the idea was to enable full node solution provider uh, and we who can kind of set up their business and package this ui together and have a you know have a business ready to sell nodes for instance right uh, that was the idea and um, you know, as more and more uh, solution providers integrated rtl we got a lot of feedback from them and, and i kind of work you know get a lot of feedback from keto miner get a lot of feedback from route roots all uh, pierre you know btc pay server is very demanding <laughs> so you know all this feedback uh, kind of helps us make RTL a better tool. Yeah. And RTL started mostly as an LND or LND only uh, solution. And I understand recently you're looking now at C Lightning. Can you tell us a little bit with uh, your interaction on that? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. So basically we wanted, uh, so given that uh, initially, you know, Lightning user have now some sort of a, an experience pattern on how to typically operate a node, right? So now uh, you have a standardized kind of UI of uh, RTL. So we were thinking that can we extend the same functionality on C Lightning also? You know, why just restrict to LNB? Uh, the initial roadblock for us there uh, was that uh, C Lightning didn't have a good REST API interface, uh, right? So that uh, we could, you know, integrate a web application with C Lightning. So that was a gap. Uh, I initially hunted for a solution uh, where uh, if somebody was working on a REST, API, REST interface for C Lightning, uh, I could reuse that, but I couldn't find a good uh, reliable solution for that. So what we what happened was we ended up writing our own uh, REST interface um, to C Lightning, which was also a good learning experience for us. And then what we did was we kind of created a modularized version. So we created a separate REST interface and then integrated RTL on that interface. Now that interface can in, in standalone can be used by other apps also. So if you are a web app developer or Lightning developer and you want to develop applications on top of C Lightning, you can use C Lightning REST as a solution to write web apps. Uh, so not just RTL, but any other web application can use that uh, that tool to you know write web apps on C Lightning. Uh, yeah, but that was the experience. Now C Lightning um, is uh, BTC Pay Server also provides an option of C Lightning. Uh, to its users. So, you know, once BTC Pay Server integrates uh, RTL C Lightning version, then, uh, you know, their C Lightning operators also have that this UI option available. Yeah, that's really cool to see. And it's really a lot of things are improving very rapidly. So, I guess my next question then is more about Lightning more generally. So, especially in the early days, it was very much seen as reckless. Yeah. Surely it's becoming less reckless over time they're still reckless right now in your view suheb when is lightning no longer reckless uh, that's a difficult question to answer <laughs> but but what i would rather touch upon that then is that you know what are the different developments that i'm looking forward to right and uh, you know as those developments mature we can say that lightning is becoming less less and less reckless um and there are actually a lot happening. There's a lot of happening in this space. Typically, you can say that, and I read it somewhere that, you know, Lightning is maturing in dog years, right? Uh, so it is like uh, really maturing very fast, right? In six to 10 months, uh, you see so many improvements, so much uh, happening in the on the protocol. So uh, it's, it's evolving at a very rapid pace. 
So um, one area that I'm definitely interested in is in AMP, uh, you know, uh, or atomic multipath payments, which uh, creates a packetized payment type, um, you know, protocol improvement. And you can divvy up your large transactions, divide it into small, smaller payment packets, route it across different paths, and then, uh, you know, bring it all together at the end. Adds, improves privacy of the protocol, uh, improves uh, reliability of, of payments. Uh, that's definitely one uh, area where I'm very interested to see, you know, what's happening and how soon it can be brought to the protocol. Uh, then Sphinx Send um, is another important area, right? Uh, where uh, where you don't so current experiences that you if you want to accept uh, payment you have to generate an invoice somebody pays that invoice and uh, you know the kind of it's a little manual handoff process. Now um, if if with with Sphinx Send you can make uh, you know push payments possible. Uh, that's a, that's an amazing improvement and it'll improve the usability of uh, the protocol. Uh, Splicing is another uh, improvement which I'm very interested in, uh, which will actually uh, help improve fungibility between off-chain and on-chain, uh, you know, funds. Uh, it will improve your it will add ability for you to balance your channels without having to close existing channels. That's that will be another option for you to balance channels, basically. Um, and um, and so basically, that's another area where I'm very interested to see what's, what's going to happen. Trampoline payments. Uh, is uh, uh, an improvement which is, I think, very critical for uh, Lightning scaling. You know, uh, so if you look at um, the way Lightning nodes currently operate, it's, uh, each node is maintaining uh, its own graph. It is building its own graph and maintaining its own network graph. So whenever I need to route a payment, my node has a view of the network. It looks at that network view, creates a network path uh, for the payment to go. Now, uh, as the size of the network increases, that size of the graph that uh, each node needs to hold increases. Uh, and so trampoline payment uh, is, is one solution on how you can scale uh, your routing capability without having to completely have a view of a complete network, right? So so that's that's another area of improvement, which is very interesting to, to look forward to. And it's an important scaling solution also for Lightning. Uh, Watchtowers uh, is, is the is another area where I'm very uh, keen to see uh, improvements, and it will help address uh, security risks and you know dishonest behavior, um, which is uh, very critical for people to kind of have trust in you know Lightning's uh, trustless solution. So these are some of the high-level uh, Lightning uh, focus areas, which I'm very keen on and kind of watching it closely. Uh, once we have development on these areas, and once these areas considerably mature. Then we can say that uh, you know lightning is maybe less reckless. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot coming there. So multi-part payment or uh, AMP as well. I've got an episode coming very soon uh, on that. So watch out for that one. Uh, with Sphinx Send, I think the Lightning guys are calling that Key Send now as well. Mm -hmm. So that's that one. There was there was a bit of chatter around that at the Lightning conference. Um, and yeah, you mentioned a good one around splicing. And I think it's interesting as well to think about splicing versus looping out and in. Yeah. So you can think of, I was chatting with some of the guys and they were saying splicing is sort of like a spot injection of more yeah. you know, more capital, yeah. whereas looping is more like changing the balance yeah. inside that channel. Yeah. And so that's an interesting thing to think about from a node operator's perspective yeah. where you have to think about, okay, do I actually want to resize this whole channel to be bigger mm -hmm. or do i want to instead vary the amount that's already in there and just exactly. keep that the same and i think maybe another thing that might be interesting as well is reliability scoring and you know boz scoring as well so that's this idea of you know the longer you've had that channel uh, are you a more reliable channel partner do you have good uptime and then that also may influence who people set up a channel with and where they try to route through because there's a better chance of the payment being successful if you've got good uptime. Whereas let's say some guy, he's like, his node is offline 50% of the time, you don't want to send the payment through him. Yeah. So forward thinking a little bit, right? Uh, routing node management uh, is going to be a lot more automated than, than manual, right? Uh, and uh, boss scores, uh, the parameters like boss scores help us move in that direction, right? So typically, if I am 
operating a routing node, I'll not be, or if I'm a professional routing node operator, I'll not be operating one node, right? I'll be operating multiple nodes, for instance, right? And you cannot be looking at that node all the time to monitor all the parameters. What you need is some sort of a tracking mechanism, uh, which uh, provides you signals for manual intervention. You don't need to watch things all the time, right? So your channels are getting out of balance. So create a signal or alert for a user to come and take an action or suggest even, you know, go in further and suggest some actions that you can do splice in or you can do loop out, right? Whatever, right? So these are the options available. So then user can just take those uh, financial decisions, make those financial decisions rather than, you know, uh, technically uh, worrying about how do I do these operations, right? Uh, so that is the uh, kind of a evolution that you will see in routing node operation. Routing node operation has to become much more automated than it is right now. We, we are just at this point picking up knowledge and information. All of this has to be encoded in algorithms, uh, which will automate, uh, you know, all your routing node operations. So I guess maybe just summarize uh, your thinking in terms of what's coming next with RTL. What should people look out for next? I think particularly, as you mentioned, those two dashboard or those views that are coming for the merchant view and the routing node operator view. Yeah, so so basically at this point, we are focusing on uh, in completely enhanced or improving the UX. Uh, so initially what, what you have as RTL right now is a product of a product uh, of a product manager and a developer working together uh, without providing a, or giving in a lot of ux thought we are just you know we just put our thoughts together create a rough diagram and started coding this application uh, so we created our minimum viable product now we've got a reasonable traction with that product and now we are kind of bringing in more of a ux discipline where we are now uh, you know, agonizing over each and every small feature, thinking whether the user needs to see this information, uh, you know, whether these controls are uh, meaningful here. Mm. So then we are kind of re revising the complete UI. So you'll see a completely different uh, user experience on RTL and hopefully a better one, um, with, uh, you know, where we have actually now we are collaborating with a person named Diogo Sergio, um, who is a UX expert and who wanted to collaborate with us um, uh, on the UX side of things, and he's a UX expert. Um, so we are, uh, that's one big area. So you will see hopefully that by the end of this year, um, a new release uh, where we have a different persona-based UX, um, where the dashboard will be different depending on the persona that the user has or the user chooses. Um, and also the detail screen, the detail pages will have a different UX than what you have right now. So that's one thing that we are working on. Second thing after that will come uh, uh, is the loop in and loop out integration, uh, where L&D is also very keen on uh, having a UI solution in place. So uh, that is something that uh, that will be coming after the UX improvement. Mm. Uh, after that, we want to actually focus on uh, node monitoring, right? Like what I said about uh, automation, um, uh, is something that uh, is I'm very keen on. That you know, whole routing node operation has to become uh, more and more uh, automated. So, what are the tools available? What type of uh, you know functionality we can provide? What type of um, alerting mechanism we can provide so that we can kind of move in that direction? Where the user needs to do less manual work and can get more alerts so that they can take intelligent decisions. Yeah. Oh, one other thing just came to my mind now. Uh, mobile app. Have you thought about that, or is it more just like have the web user uh, interface work on a mobile device? Uh, so at this point, not an app per se, but yes, all the um, RTL interfaces will be responsive. Uh, so that uh, if you're opening the same app in the U in, a, in a mobile interface, it will adjust to the resolution and give you a more optimized uh, user experience, not uh, the same web experience, basically. Great. That's awesome. Um, look, I think that's they're the main points I had to ask from you. Maybe just tell the listeners where they can keep up and follow you online. Sure. Uh, so there are two ways. One is you can uh, find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Suheb underscore underscore two underscores. Um, and then if you want to follow just the RTL uh, development, you can follow us at, at RTL underscore APP. So that's another handle which you can use to find out any developments related to RTL. Happy to answer any questions. That's awesome. And look, yeah, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting to see all the stuff that you're doing. I really, I, I like using RTL myself. So uh, it's a great pleasure to chat with you. Thanks for joining me. Sure. Thanks a lot. Thanks for this opportunity. Thank you.
So there you go, some tips on how to manage your Lightning Node with RTL. So make sure you check that out and make sure you share this episode with any of your friends who are interested to run their own Lightning Node. You can find the show notes and the transcript on my website, stefanlevera.com. This is episode 135. That's it from me. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the Citadels. 